Thank you, Lord. God is love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Uh, you know, I, I had a message prepared, and then this morning God gave me another message. And then as I'm the type of person that when people say stuff or when I hear a song, then I've got something to add to it. So anyway, Mel, uh, I want to just kind of give you a direction of where I'm going so you're not lost in case I take too many detours. But uh, <clears throat> my plan and my goal is uh, God's attitude towards the world today and uh, our response. And so uh, with, you know, two weeks ago, Lynn and I got up and shared our experiences of going to Ecuador. Of course, we just had Destiny uh, share her her um, her experience, and you, did you see? Did you notice? You know, she had an attitude about herself that she uh, was just going to love and wasn't an evangelist, wasn't going to do uh, do any of that. And then all of a sudden, she got put into a place to where God used her to bring forth. Um, the message, and I want to just share with you this morning that you are in that same boat. Yeah. You might think, well, I'm not an evangelist. I can't share the gospel. I don't know how. But if we will open ourselves, we will all become that. Yes. And it's not that difficult. And as a matter of fact, it's very fun when somebody responds the right way. <laughs> of course, there's always those times when people don't respond the right way, but hey, you just, you've ever heard the expression water off of a duck's back? Just let it roll, baby. Let it roll. Let it roll right off. Uh, I want to just sh uh, share for uh, just a thought came to me this morning. There's three types of churches, and of course, there's more than three. But in my mind, I was thinking that there is the non mission church. A non mission church has no doesn't know about missions, doesn't care. No, I'm not going to say doesn't care, but is not doing anything for missions in the world. You know, uh, they're just not doing it. Maybe it's because of ignorance or whatever. They're just not doing anything. And then there's the mission-minded church, of which we could be uh, labeled a part of that. Missions-minded is uh, we're aware of what's going on in the world, and we send people out. People go out from here to touch the world. Or other churches, they'll just give money to missions. and That's all good. It's all great. But I want to, uh, actually, I believe God is leading us to another phase, and that would be the missionized church. The missionized church realizes that the world is the mission. You know, Elizabethville is the mission. Your neighbor's the mission. And so you don't get all... Uh, I was going to, so you don't get all nervous. Um, just relax. You can't do anything unless you're in peace. I mean, you could. But how many of you know that you, when you, when you're full of anxiety, you, you share that anxiety? If you're full of peace, then you share peace. And so what is, uh, what is God's attitude? You know, uh, I realize that the news 
does not portray all of America. <laughs> Just a thought. You know, uh, you would think, you would think from watching the news that we're just ready to explode. The reality is, is most Americans are not one way or the other. But what's God's attitude towards um, the Black Lives Matters, the neo-Nazis, all that stuff? Well, I was, uh, as we were in worship this morning, I was thinking, you know, thinking, you know, there was a song that came up about the cross of Christ. And so I started thinking of the cross of Christ. And do you know that uh, Pilate was going to let Jesus go? Wasn't he? He wanted to let Jesus go. He did not want to crucify Jesus, even though that was God's plan. And so he was willing to release Barabbas. Who was Barabbas? He was an insurrectionist. He was a murderer. Uh, he would be equated to uh, Jewish Lives Matter. <laughs> or the neo-Nazi. You know, he, he could relate. Uh, he could, we could relate him to that. But you know, Jesus took his place on the cross. You know that in Romans chapter 5, the Bible says that while we were enemies, Christ died for us. In other words, Christ didn't die for the lovely. Christ didn't die just for the worshiper that comes to church on Sunday morning and enters into a place of worship and praise of God and just the glory of God falls down. Jesus died for that one that was a murderer, an insurrectionist. That's who he died for. So what is our attitude? What is our attitude? Well, our, our attitude, this thought came to me, to me this morning, and it was this, it's unnatural or toxic for the new man to be hateful or anything else that goes with that attitude. It is unnatural for the new creature. Maybe you don't know, maybe you're not familiar with the term new creature, but when you, when you came and you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, it's not that you joined the church. It's not that God just says, okay, well, they confessed my son, therefore I'm going to let them come to heaven. No, the reality is, is that when you opened your heart to Christ and you asked Christ to come in, you made him Lord of your life, you became a new person. You have a new reality. You, there, you, are, you are not what you were, you are something different. When I was going to Bible school, uh, we had, <laughs> they called us the new, we called ourselves the new breed. The new breed, which is, Accurate. We're not of the old breed. We're of the new breed. As a matter of fact, I, I don't know if I'll get to it, but in Ephesians it talks about us putting off the old man and being renewed in the spirit of our minds and putting on the new man. 
So I am a new creature in Christ. But when I say I am, I'm talking about you too. If you've confessed Christ as your Lord and received him into your heart. When I say I am, I'm talking about you too. So I am a new creature in Christ, but I must be renewed in the spirit of my mind so that, I, so that my mind doesn't overpower my recreated human spirit. My recreated human spirit is made with the mindset of Jesus Christ himself. I have the mind of Christ. How about you? You have the mind of Christ, but is the mind of Christ have you? You know, uh, Laura just got a, got a car. New to her. New to her. She could take that and put it in her driveway and say, I got a new car. Joyce got a new car. Her baby. She showed it on Facebook. That's why I know. <laughs> She's modeling with it. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I loved it. But they could leave that thing in the driveway and never use it. And they could talk about it. Oh, I have the mind of Christ. I've got a new car. It's out there in the driveway. I polish it, but you never go anywhere. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind so that the spirit of your mind, who is in the image of Christ, begins to demonstrate Christ through your life. Where am I going with this? What is our attitude? What is God's attitude towards the world as it is and our response? You might say, oh, the world's getting bad. Oh, gosh, it's getting bad. Well, if you read the New Testament, I wouldn't want to live back then. I wouldn't want to live under Roman tyranny. I I wouldn't want to, you know. So we're talking about abortion. They were aborting kids. They were were letting them be born and just tossing them out. You know, they they would have a wagon that would go through the streets and just pick up the dead bodies of of babies that were thrown out. Oh, it's getting bad. It was bad. (laughs) Didn't the Apostle Paul say to submit to the governing authorities? You think it's bad now? You should have been back then. (laughs) They had no bread, just kill you. Just a thought. (laughs) But Paul said to be submissive to the authorities because they are, they are ministers of God. Wow. How'd you like to go to that minister's church? (laughs) Anyway, just a thought. What is God's attitude? I sound like I'm getting, I must have been down, must have been because I was down south. I picked up some of that southern. <laughs> what is God's attitude? It was our response. <laughs> hey, whatever, whatever gets you going. What is God's attitude? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, 
don't respond. We don't respond with anger and hate because they can't help themselves. Reminds me of a song. It's kind of contrary to what I just said, but sugar pie, honey bun. I can't help myself. I love you and nobody else. But they can sing, I can't help myself. And the reality is, is that they can't. Unless you are born again, you cannot help yourself because the old man is going to demonstrate what it is. You know, I learned something a, a, a long time ago. You know, through life, you can act a certain way in public. Because it's the uh, acceptable thing to do. But you know, once you get to the later ages, it is what it is. And you're not, you're not putting up the, the mask, the face. If there is a, if there is a mean streak there, the, the facade is gone. Whatever it is will just come out. Of course, if there, you know, and how many of you know, again, you could be you could be saved, but yet not have re been renewed in the spirit of your mind. Right. So I encourage you to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Amen. Glory to God. Can I just uh, share with you a couple of thoughts on why people can't help themselves? Well, you know, our forefathers, you know, they were made in the image and likeness of God. I'm talking about Adam and Eve. And then, of course, they, you know, oh, yeah, that's another thought I wanted to give you. But um, made in the image of likeness of God, they were given dominion, they had authority, and uh, they chose not to believe God. They moved in unbelief and rejected God and started serving another, another Lord, which they took on the nature of the Lord. Whoever, whoever you serve, you become like. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever you serve, you are the servant of. So if you serve Satan, then you, then you are a servant of Satan. If you serve God, then you're a servant of God. And you take on the nature. That's why Jesus said to the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil. But praise God. We, how many of you saved? Yes. I'm saved? Did you know Elvis had a song called Saved? <laughs> he, had, he actually sang a song. He was saved. He used to smoke. He used to drink. He used to cuss. He, yeah, but I'm saved. I be, you know, anyway, I don't know. if, it, But anyway, the reason I know that is because the car I rented had Siri, whatever that is, and it was... Stuck on an Elvis station. <laughs> I tried to turn it, but it just kept going back. Because <laughs> the other choices weren't that great. But anyway. <sighs> but I'm saved. Hey, yeah, I corrupted my grandsons. <laughs> anyway. But uh, 
So anyway, Cain and Abel. What did Cain do? He killed Abel. Cain, Cain killed Abel because that's what was in him. Jealousy. Murder was in him. The scripture says uh, in Genesis chapter 6, and it says this several times that uh, in verse 11, it says the earth was also corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. Filled with violence. Then it also says in verse 13, it says, and God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them. Now, I'm not uh, standing here saying that because of all this violence that's in the world. How many of you know we've had violence throughout our history? Throughout human history, we've been filled with violence. What do you think? World War I or World War II? Vietnam and all the other wars. The earth has been filled with violence. But the reason God destroyed the earth uh, at this time was because he had made a promise. In Genesis, after Adam and Eve fell into sin, uh, God spoke and said, I am going to send a savior through the, through the woman. Hallelujah. I might as well mention this. Uh, why do you think the devil hates women? Because the savior was going to come through the woman. Hallelujah. So, violence. God promised, God promised that he was going to send a savior, but because of the condition of the world at the time of Noah, there, there, was, a, or there was the threat that the seed would be corrupted. So God had to destroy the earth to protect the seed. It's not because he was mad. Well, I'm just mad. They didn't do what I said. So no, he was protecting the seed so that he could provide a savior. The whole idea of the Bible, if you, to understand the Bible, you have to look at Jesus's, you have to understand the covenant and you have to understand that God made a promise that he was going to provide a savior and everything that we look at through the scripture is is God bringing that promise to pass and after that promise came through Jesus Christ and through the death, burial, and resurrection, what was the benefits of that promise being fulfilled? Are you lost? Good. Sometimes, yeah, I might as well confess, but you know, sometimes my wife will say, I didn't understand where you were going. Reality is that sometimes I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> so I'm trying to... Uh... So our attitude, God's attitude towards the world in our response. God, God sent that flood to protect you. Because if that seed had been corrupted, the covenant couldn't have been fulfilled. The promise could not have been fulfilled. So the earth had to be destroyed so that the seed line that went through Noah and Shem 
could be fulfilled. God is good. He's faithful. God is love. Glory be to God. So, man and what you see, men can only do what's in their hearts. Until a man is born again, when I say man, I'm talking about mankind. Until a man is born again, he functions out of the darkness that's in his heart. He functions out of the darkness. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 14, this, is a, this would be a man with Christ and a man without Christ. He says, we know that we have passed from death to life. How many of you know you passed from death? You're in life. Because we love the brethren. Now, we, if, you, if you have eternal life, you have the potential to love. Why don't I say you have to love? Because, you're, because it could be that your mind is not renewed. The spirit of your mind is not renewed. But I would encourage you to get the spirit of your mind renewed. He says, again, we know that we pass from death to life because we love the brethren. If you have eternal life, you're going to manifest love. Somebody, a good place to say amen. If you don't say it, I'll say it myself. Amen, amen, amen. (laughs) Now, let's look at the man without Christ. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Why? Because he can't help himself. He cannot help himself because he lives in darkness. He lives in death. But he who, he who, he who loves, abides, has eternal life. Why? Because he's a new creation. I lost my breath. He's a new creation in Christ. Let's read verse 15. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. Now, we're not just talking about the kids your parents bore. We're talking about, we're talking about everybody in the earth. Whoever hateth his brother is a murderer. Woo. Am I preaching like this? And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Are you a hater? Is Christ abiding in the murderer? Question. Is Christ, well, yeah, they repent. They ask Jesus in their heart. They become new creation. Then Christ will abide. But he's not a murderer anymore because he's a new creature, isn't he? If a person was a murderer and they got saved and they asked Jesus in their heart, they become a new creature. Therefore, they're not a murderer anymore. The old man was a murderer, but the new man is in Christ. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. When the heart is transformed, Christ removes the murderer. When someone's born again, a new creature, the murderer is removed. Hallelujah. That's why just to throw somebody in prison 
and I'm not against prisons. But to throw somebody in prison is just not the answer. Because if the heart's not changed, you know, a bank robber can't rob banks in prison. Why? Because he can't get to them. But you let him go. The store's available. And whatever other thing you want to put to that. So what's our response? Well, we're not murderers, are we? Our response is love. Thank you, Jesus. And familiar scripture, but hey, John chapter 3, verse 14. You know, uh, if people can't help themselves... If people can't help themselves, then we should have mercy. How many of you know you needed mercy? But mercy, but once you get saved, then you get grace. You know, there's a difference between mercy and grace. Mercy is what you need so that you don't get what you deserve. Grace empowers you. You're empowered through grace. Okay? So you can be empowered by grace to do what I'm talking about today. What am I talking about today? God's attitude towards the world and our response towards the world, and we can do it because of the grace of God. Okay? But what if people don't want to change? They can't help themselves until they get a new heart. Turn to somebody and say, you can't help yourself until you get a new heart. This is God's attitude towards people even who reject him. The Barabbases. It says, as Moses, this is Jesus speaking, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. The serpent, you know what Jesus is actually saying here? He's relating himself to the serpent on the pole relating himself to the serpent on the pole. Moses had, uh, the people were sinning against God, so God sent fiery serpents. They were getting bit and died. So, you know, uh, God said, okay, you know, they interceded. And so God said, make a fiery serpent and put it on a pole and everyone who looks at the serpent will live. So Jesus is saying, I'm like that serpent and everybody who looks at me is going to live. What is, the, what is the correlation there? Because the sin of the world was placed upon Jesus, the nature of sin was put upon him. So we look to him and see him as our, as our, as our savior. Because all of our sin, all of our, we can't help ourselves was put on him. Thank you. 
we can't help ourselves was put on him. Therefore, I don't have to be a drunkard. I don't have to be a rapist. I don't have to be a murderer. I don't have to be any, any of those things that we are disgusted at and would like to pour our wrath out on. Well, I don't have to be that because he became the serpent because all of my sin was put on him. What about, how about yours? I can't help myself was put on him. Therefore, he gives us an ability to help those who can't help themselves so that we can bring them to Christ. But you know, people aren't always brought to Christ by a sermon. Didn't you have to win people's confidence first? Yeah. Yeah. You have to win people before you give them the message. You have to love people. Because the next verse is, for God so loved the world. Mm -hmm. And so we're not just there to get a score. We're not there just to get a couple of few more notches on our belt. We are there because we love. Therefore, where God is pouring his love through us, which attracts people, not to us, but attracts them to Christ. We want to be a missionized people, not just a missions-minded people. For God so loved the world. What did God do? First of all, he loved them. He loved them. And you're saying, I can't do it. Yes, you can. Because you have to do what that song says. Spring up, oh well. We sang a song today. Spring up, oh well. There's life in the river. Well, the, where's the river? In you. The river that he, he's talking, that song was from John 7, 30, uh, 37, 38. He says, out of, he says, he that believes in me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The river's in you. You just got to let it flow. Got to let it flow. Got to let it go so that they can know. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> For God's, yeah. Where to go? Go up, not the other place. For God so loved the world that he gave. So God's attitude is that he loves and that his action was he gave. You know that when you put yourself on the line, you're giving. You're giving. When you become vulnerable to someone else, you're giving. Most of us want to put a wall up. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the Black Lives Matters, the neo-Nazis, and the Ku Klux Klan, and whatever else. But you know, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on that because they've been made the focal point. But the reality is, most Americans are not there. 
but most but Americans still need Jesus. So I become vulnerable. I begin to give. And then he says in verse 17, for God, uh, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The first part of, of our learning to evangelize is not to condemn people. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we can tell people how bad they are and probably they already know. You know, and some people, they like being bad. Because they bad to the bone. <laughs> it's funny because bad is good and good's bad. But they don't realize what they need. But here, so we're not going to win people by condemning them. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through them, him might be saved. How many of you know that some people need to be saved from something? He that believeth in him is not condemned. Amen. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Because they can't help themselves. Because they are not new creatures, because they live in darkness. They can't help themselves. So what are we supposed to do? Bring the light. Mm -hmm. He says, because, he, because uh, he that believeth not is condemned already, because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the condemnation that light is coming to the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that hateth, for everyone that doth evil, hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Verse 21. But he that cometh to the light, but he that doth truth cometh to the light. Well, to make a long Sherman Short. Sherman Short. God is light. Jesus is the light of the world. But then he, but before he left, he, he made a shift. He says, you are the light of the world. Whoa. Don't give me no responsibility. <laughs> I like it easy. I don't want no responsibility. Uh, too, too late. Yes, it's too late, baby, now. It's too late. It's too late. Once, once you're a new creature, you are the light. You're the salt of the earth. Two things. Preserves. Well, three things. Heals. It makes things taste good. <laughs> you are. Why? Because you are new creatures in Christ. You have the life of God in you. Yes. You have the life of God. You have the power of God. You have the grace of God. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. 
Hallelujah. Oh, I just got to quit. So, what's God's attitude? Love. What's his response? Give. What's our attitude? Love. As we are renewed in the spirit of our mind. And then our response will be to give. Oh, don't grab your wallet. Not taking up another offering. You give your life. You know, I want, you know, and I, I can relate to uh, destiny. My biggest thing is not, I'm not, I don't enjoy going up cold turkey. Cold turkey. What's cold turkey? That means you don't know the person. You haven't been introduced. There's nothing. You're just going in to share, to love. I don't look forward to that. That's why I don't like going on mission trips. But you know what? The more you do it, the easier it is. We were in Florida last week. And there was a woman with her, arm in a, with her arm in a sling. And I was getting ready to get me some fried chicken. But, you know, I looked back and I saw that. And I thought, what are you going to do? So I just walked right over to her and I said, what? It's funny how they talk in the South. You're either somebody's babe or somebody's sweetheart. Yeah. I told one woman, if you keep talking like this, I'm going to have to move down here. <laughs> it's in the Atlanta airport. But anyway. So I walked up to her. I don't think I said babe, but uh, I said... Uh, I said, I said, what? In a, in a concerned voice, I said, you know, what happened to your arm? And she was relating about a work-related uh, incident, accident, you know, and, you know, just kept going on and on. I said, you know, uh, you know, I could pray for that, and I believe Jesus would heal you. You know, and then she went on. But anyway, I did pray for her. I didn't get her to check it out because I couldn't get her to be quiet. (laughs) You know. And, you know, she started talking about her and her girlfriend and about, you know, they they have a preacher that lives across the street. And I thought, I'll let him handle that. But, uh, But you know what? I knew I wasn't supposed to condemn her. I knew... And I said to her, I said, you know what? When you get, when that healing comes, it's going to be Jesus. And then she started talking about manifestations. Well, my chicken was getting cold. (laughs) She started talking about demonic manifestations in the house. Man, I just got to let the the preacher across the street handle that. But you know what? Uh, in the previous uh, denomination that I was in, my, my thinking would have been, I've got to tell her 
I've got to tell her what's wrong. My last story is 10 after. And I've told, told you, some of you have heard this, but, uh, you know, I was kind of like, uh, I was a, an assistant pastor in Kansas City, and there was this, man, we were getting people saved. But you know, people that get saved don't get cleaned right away. The problem with a lot of churches is we try to clean the fish before we catch them. But anyway, we, uh, we were getting a lot of people uh, say, bring people into the, into the body. And there was this one group that had um, one person that, you know, uh, had a Bible study. And we were having a Bible study at their house. And these two people were living together, you know. Well, my Baptist mindset would have said, you got to get married. And that's right. They need to get married. But we gave the Lord a little bit of time. Because that person, they were reading their Bible. Say, reading my Bible. They were reading their Bible, like you were talking about. And you know what? They came up to me one day and they said, you know, we've been reading our Bibles. And they said, I think the Lord's telling us to get married. And I said, I think the Lord's talking to you. I think the Lord's talking to you. You know what? And the attitude of this woman, especially, if I would have corrected her, Adios, farewell, goodbye, senorita. <laughs> it would have been it would have been over. Yeah, but you should have. Man, do you know that Jesus told the disciples to buy a sword? And then when Peter goes to use it, cuts off the guy's ear, he if that guy hadn't ducked, he would have lost his head. But Jesus said, put the sword away. For those who live by the sword, die by the sword. Well, I thought you just told us to buy a sword. What do you do with that? You have to be led by the Spirit for the moment. For the moment. Don't just get your rules down. You have to be led by the Spirit. As a matter of fact, that's one of the scriptures I was going to use. So Jesus, how many of you want to, how many of you are mission-minded? Nobody? Well, I'm giving them a choice first. If they ain't, if they ain't mission-minded, mission how are we going to get them missionized? Hey, don't, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Jesus is in you. Didn't Jesus say, I came to seek and to save that which is lost? If he's in you, what do you think he... Why do you think you're always feeling these things? And if you're not feeling, start reading your Bible. But uh, <laughs> you're feeling these things on the inside of you because Jesus wants to seek and to save that which is lost. And if, you, if you're not doing anything, it could be why you feel terrible. You don't know why. Because those that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. I don't know how to quit. 
Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you want to just be open? I'm not telling you to go out and, you know, go out soul winning right after church. That's okay. But you just be open to hear the voice of the Spirit and say, Lord, use me. Let's pray that. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we just thank you, Lord, that you came to seek and to save that which was lost. We thank you that you have an attitude, that you love the world, and your, and your action is to give. And Lord God, we are your children. We're new creatures in Christ. We have that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. We thank you, Lord God, that we are available to you. Lord God, mold us, shape us, change us, whatever you need to do, Lord God, so that we can be those loving lights, Lord God, in a dark world. In the name of Jesus. Now, we have a healing team. If there's anyone uh, this morning that has... um, has pain in their body, or you'd like prayer for uh, some condition, I'm going to ask the healing team to come up at this time.